0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 356 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week after a very long time with. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? Hello. I was expecting the sonic drowning noise there. (laughs) No, I don't know where that is at the moment. I'd have to go. Oh dear, what a shame. (laughs) It's been a a long while since you've been on because you've been so busy. You're increasingly popular.
2: (laughs) It's a a mystery to all, most definitely myself included, Uh, but it has been approximately 5 million years, yes.
0: Yes. So in the long, long time you've been away, what have you been up to? I have been off at events. I've been doing a lot
2: more on stage hosting and yes. adventures. Uh, I adventured out to Gamescom in Germany for that, which my first ever time in Germany, my first ever time at Gamescom. Oh, wow. I got
0: lost a lot. <laughs> well, of course you did. Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I, I mean, you could fit a standard convention into each one of the halls of Gamescom. <laughs> so I'd kind of nip off to go and like say hi to the people at Sega or say hi to the people at Teen 17 and catch up with people that I've you know been working with for the last few years just over email and never seen in person and then i'd have to like phone back to the stand i was working and be like so yeah um i'm lost um i had a good point as well where uh being that i did spanish not german at school i don't really know any german and uh, at one point was trying to articulate without a map that I needed to get to Hall 9 and was like, well, I can't just yell 9. Um, <laughs> why couldn't it have been any other Hall? Um, and yeah, there was, a, there, there was a lot of fun and games and, and shenanigans with that. But it was it was really, really cool. It's it's huge, absolutely huge. And there were some really cool things to see. I, I did a load of videos and and stuff that I've been putting up on, on social media. Hmm. Uh, but they had like one of the things which just made me just sort of like this is amazing was a giant lego bowser <laughs> i don't know if you
0: spotted that on my video. I, I think but, i um, did see that one yes yeah
2: huge it was like two or three people tall and it was articulated and you pressed buttons and it did different animations and sound effects like it the whole thing moved oh, it was wow. so good And just stuff like that, just like there's just there in a hall when I just got chatting to the person who was who was from Lego. And I was just like, this is amazing. Did you make this? And they were like, no, but my mate made a lot of the plans for the Optimus Prime Lego that's currently out. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, that's that's (laughs) incredible. Just I'm now going to quiz you for an hour on how Lego is built and designed. And that was really, really good fun. Um, But the whole thing was good. It was lovely to see people. It was a phenomenal adventure. Very long days if you're working Gamescom, though. It is 9 a.m. till 8 p.m. opening hours for like five days. I I sort of lost track of time. I was just inside a a very large building for a week. And by the end of it was a bit bleary eyed and like, wait, the outside world. What does that look like? How do I change the contrast and the aspect ratio? (laughs) on this
0: i would like to go over to gamescom at some point because it it looked like it was a really good show
2: yeah there are loads of after parties as well i was too tired for the after parties (laughs) but you'd kind of be leaving and I remember one point I was leaving and I got a bit lost, like, as you would imagine. And I went through a different hall and discovered that one of the stages had been turned into a rave and there were just people like having a bit of a rave and a dance <laughs> and drinks and stuff. I was just like, wait, I've accidentally walked through a nightclub. This is definitely was like a gamescom like three hours ago. Um, but yeah, they they have like after parties and event things and loads of stuff goes on. It's a bigger event than even it seems, just looking at on paper because there's all these extra peripheral things that happen
0: too. Germans know how to party.
2: Yeah, I discovered that. There was some cracking tunes being played by a live DJ, so yeah. very cool what other stuff have you been doing continuing with the the fun and joys of, of streaming I've changed up my stream schedule this week I'm uh. um, giving poor Lara a break as opposed to many broken bones uh. as she's mostly been having yes. in Tomb Raider I 2 um, things. yes yes I had the sudden urge to replay Day of the Tentacle awesome we have picked up Day of the Tentacle and uh, I haven't played it in a very very long time so it's good fun some of the bits I remember some of the jokes I'd forgotten and I'm getting to enjoy them all over again that's pretty good fun and i'm going to be playing little nightmares 2 because playing the first one went so well and i didn't end up hiding under my desk at all Mm -hmm. Uh, more scary than it has any right to be that game considering like
0: how sort of cute but not some of the graphics are it's yeah it's creepy it's scary i I, I can't remember whether it was insomnia or whether it was at egx but i remember going to one game show and they had the most ridiculously huge stand for that game and they had some of the monsters like people in accurate versions of the monster suits running around on it it was like oh, no. really really <laughs> quite
2: scary <laughs> No, that's. I'm glad I wasn't there that's just not okay no. <laughs> nothing is okay about that um, but yeah I'm, I'm going to be playing the second one then I'm going to play Stray and Stanley Parable Deluxe I'm going to go through all of those kind of like the shorter length games yeah. that have been on my to playlist for a while that's going to be good especially since the weather. Weather in the UK has gone back to rainy yes. and my desire to go outside has gone back to zero.
0: Yes, it's gone back to normal UK weather. <laughs> yes,
2: Yes, I, I am grumpy about this and will remain grumpy about this until I return to being grumpy about it being too hot in about 12 <laughs> months time. <laughs>
0: yes, absolutely. Anything TV film wise?
2: Yeah, I've been catching up in the evenings on a lot of stuff because I was so behind on the MCU like ridiculously behind. So I finally caught up with all of the Spider-Man movies. So I've seen Far From Home and Good. No Way Home, finally. Yes. Um, And I also watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. That was such a... Sam Raimi film it was ridiculous Yes, it sort of felt like they started the movie then waited till the company was looking the other way and then just went let's just make Army of Darkness 2 (laughs) Um, I was not expecting that to go in the direction it did at all (laughs) that was quite off the wall Um, I liked it but I also was kind of like is this even a Marvel movie Mm -hmm. anymore Um, and I had some similar feelings about the one I watched last night which was Thor Love and thunder, which I know you've
0: just watched as well. Yes, I watched that this week. This is pretty much the only new thing I watched this week. But what were your thoughts on it? Because I enjoyed it, but it leans slightly too much into the comedy to the point where there there are bits of it which almost makes it start to feel a bit like a parody of an MCU film and that means it struggles a little bit more when you're getting to the slightly more serious emotional bits and they don't I didn't feel they landed quite as well overall I did enjoy it and I think it was a fun film I don't think it's quite as good as Ragnarok I thought that was slightly better but I still enjoyed it overall
2: I mean I think you're playing that too nice I think absolutely the MCU is now a parody of the MCU. I was already starting to feel that in bits of the Spider-Man movies and definitely in the Multiverse of Madness like I was feeling this is now a parody of itself, you know, like when you've just got bit of the X-Men theme tune as they wheel out Charles <laughs> Yeah, you know, like it just it's really become self referential humor in jokes and it is difficult to take a lot of it seriously now because the humor is so front and center it's a difficult balance to make something that funny that also has a lot of emotional resonance it's a difficult mark to hit and the characters do just feel like i'm almost feel like i'm watching how it should have ended cartoons on youtube right you know yeah with that kind of like because a bit man type approach (laughs) to things it's like thor is very much now just a parody of and yeah i get a little bit frustrated with that because whereas i think a character like loki and the loki series like they've managed to make him quite funny but they've still kept quite a lot of emotion and he's quite that kind of you know slightly damaged character with a dark past that's trying to make amends and doesn't really like he actively doesn't really know how to be one of the good guys yes. you know like he's kind of fumbling his way through life in a completely different universe in a completely different scenario so it kind of makes sense that the things he would do before where people are terrified of him people are now like yeah whatever mate and that yeah, yeah. kind of has a comedic edge whereas Thor's just become inept Yeah, like he's he's just and that was happening in Ragnarok where he suddenly didn't know how to talk to girls and you're mm. like but you know I understand it if he's saying everything like correctly and kind of like you know in a really charming manner and the other people are just like yeah whatever but he's like actively bad at stuff that he's inherently good at now mm. and I think like that's become a little bit frustrating like you can get away with it a few times but they did it a lot in Ragnarok and they do it a lot in Love and Thunder where it gets to the point where you're just like it becomes obvious that like yeah this character's going to face here this person's gonna fall over this isn't gonna work this person's gonna get hit in the face when they throw something and it comes back and it's making it quite predictable now I think mm-hmm. so <sighs> I did still enjoy a lot of it but I did spend other bits being like there's just giant goats in this because funny yeah there's no reason for it and mm-hmm. they could sort of understand human speech but not but why but yeah I, it you know it's just it exists purely for comic relief mm-hmm. um because would you really take your pets on a dangerous journey mm-hmm. just because yeah. they're now a plot device but they're just giant goats and then they kind of don't get mentioned at the end
0: yeah <laughs> and- i mean as i say overall i found it very funny and i did enjoy it but there were bits of it where i think with ragnarok he managed to tread a fairly fine line between making it silly funny and having a good amount of action and it's still feeling like an mcu movie this has stepped over slightly too far into feeling far more parody than actually just comedy, and. As I say, the character changes to Thor. He's just become a comedy character at this point. And I'd like to see that reined in a little bit um, yeah. moving forward. I like the fact that there is sort of humour in these things, but it was a full-on comedy and, as to say, started to feel like parody. And, yeah. and, and if you're going to right choose approach. a
2: movie to make into a comedy where the characters are every line they say is a joke, maybe don't do love and thunder like that just right yeah yeah. that's that's not the plot line where i'd be like ah the perfect choice for like a comedy scenario the one where one of the main characters has just been diagnosed of cancer no Mm -hmm. so it makes it tonally a bit weird and they i felt that with ragnarok as well Mm -hmm. because it sort of felt like two different movies patched together and it did work and it was funny and i have watched that movie like multiple times but it does almost feel like two movies feels like half of it's been directed by and written by the people that did the first couple of Thor movies. And then the other half is this new comedy, multicolored vibe. Mm-hmm. And you kind of got away with it in Ragnarok because there was two different settings. Yeah, and the tone was different, kind of based on the setting. It still felt a bit disjointed, but it kind of was fun enough that it kind of pulled it through. Love and Thunder, I enjoyed bits of it, but it felt like a lot was happening, and you were kind of pulled all, all over the place. Mm. And in a very much, uh, I don't know, someone I can't remember who it was, but somebody at some point somewhere I read or heard, I don't know, said that a lot of the modern ones feel like mini serieses squished into movies
0: well yeah i did feel that there are points with the editing in that where it feels like the scene just sort of gets chopped at the end and then suddenly you're somewhere else Mm. it it didn't flow particularly well it felt like you know segments and then they were sort of all just like taped onto each other There, there was just edit next scene there wasn't like a decent flow to it so there are things to recommend i think in that film i mean there is the comedy is Good in places, but it just goes slightly too far, I think, and it needs pulling back a little bit. Yeah. You know.
2: And I sort of feel like I'd missed three Guardians of the Galaxies movies.
0: Yeah. There is an entire segment in there which was sort of from him leaving with the Guardians to this yeah, it's film. Yeah, like
2: eight years later. Yeah, um, there is this... And slip- you kind of like, ga- wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why is this eight years later that I found a little bit weird? Because I was like, but I want to see all of these adventures. Yes. And if it's been eight years how come no one's had any character development if anything they've gone backwards Um, Uh it was just suddenly like suddenly it's eight years later for for no real reason other than we wanted to do this cool montage of the movies we didn't get to film because we were Uh making this one and I was like okay Um, I kind of wanted to see Thor and Adventures with the Ravagers and and those movies as well but yeah it's weird because I enjoyed it while I was watching it but it's one of those ones that the more you think about it afterwards the more you're like oh dear Critical thinking is not the friend of this movie
0: (laughs) yes absolutely it's one of those things that you can sort of stick on and enjoy in the moment but it's certainly not up there with some of the better mcu films you know it's difficult because they've struggled a little bit on the movie side after endgame i think which is interesting i think they're doing a better job on the tv side than they are on the film side now but there's interesting stuff coming up so we'll we'll see where it goes
2: Yeah, like I will still be watching a lot oh, of the yeah. stuff. And I'm quite like, you know, I'm slightly criticizing the comedy, but I'm also really, really liking uh, She-Hulk as well. Yeah. Because it is just Ali McBeal, but green. Yeah. And uh, it is more of a, like a, I mean, I say more self-contained. It is and it isn't. But it is, I think, because that's kind of separate and it kind of pitches itself as sort of separate in its presentation and its style. And because it's a TV series of those half-hour episode formats, yeah, I think it's kind of working better for it than sort of applying the same thing in some of the movies. And it's also more accessible, whereas the films, a lot of the jokes, I'm not sure they're funny if you haven't seen the previous movies now.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I'm, I am enjoying She-Hulk as well. It's divided people, I think, in terms of the fact that it is a half-hour comedy. And it was always billed as a half-hour comedy, that was always what it was going to be. I know there is some criticism of the fact that you know doing the sort of mundane life things, which is what most of this is been so far. It's like you say, it's basically Alan Bill with green lead. But I've been enjoying that for what it is.
2: Yeah, it's designed to be like yeah. almost throwaway comedy, just a bit of fun. I think. Whereas I think we expect something a bit more from the the movies. Yeah, um, which is makes it a bit a bit different um also like you're watching a tv show and um, She-Hulk's just included on Disney+. Plus. Like Whereas if I go to the cinema for something, I think he sets up different expectations.
0: Yeah. yeah, very much so. It's interesting. The Thor movies have been a bit uneven. You know, I thought the first one was great. Second one, not so much. Third one, I really enjoyed. Fourth one, not so much. So I wonder if it's going to have the uh, Star Trek thing of kind of alternate movies are better.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think they've missed a trick by not making a low-key movie.
0: Well, yes, possibly. Although uh, they did such a good job with the series series, maybe it needs that longer format. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's that's what it's missing. Maybe it's missing a Tom Hiddleston. I, I'm sure you'd agree with that. But <laughs> I would hope... At some point, they can bring this version of Loki back in and we get to see Loki and Thor again. I would like to see a Loki and Thor film next.
2: Yeah, with the kind of like, if they are going to keep the character changes and Thor is going to stay as this kind of slightly more, like he's almost turning into the kind of like lovable, adorable, dumb surfer bro trope you know yes he's a himbo at this point um Mm -hmm. at which point with loki's character development and him now being like you know a much more sensitive thoughtful type character who's changed a lot then he could be like the straight guy to the comedy of Thor, like yes. that, might work well as a double act to balance things out. Yeah, because uh, they, they sort of felt like a lot of people were competing to be the silliest character in Love and Thunder.
0: <laughs> yes, so that I would maybe like to see is put those two back together because I do enjoy watching them on screen together, and I think that could work really, really well. So. Yeah,
2: just a change in their relationship because obviously Loki would comment on. What happened to you? And Thor will be like, What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like that would be, I think, quite an um, amusing. Thing to happen but yeah we'll see what they do with it because i think they need to to balance it out a little bit more and that's one way that i can think of doing it or certainly the way i would like it to happen because yes. you know obviously more loki in the mcu is not something i'm going to complain about
0: absolutely not no so that's been really the main thing i've been watching this week other tv shows i'm continuing watching lord of the rings rings of power which i am quite enjoying and uh, lower decks which is back which is amazing fun and all the other stuff as well which is out at the moment. I know the TV schedules have been a little bit all over the place, obviously due to the uh, death of the Queen last week. And they're going to be a bit all over the place for the next couple of weeks, probably. But uh, so, I mean, a lot of the scheduled dramas and things seem to be going out and some of the comedies, it's just the satirical panel shows and that sort of thing seems to be off air right now, understandably, I think. But hopefully by next week, everything will be back to normal. So that's all the stuff we've been doing over the last week. Let's move on to some TV and film news.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals cancellations and pickups. There's been a couple of cancellations this week. One of those is the show Maggie, which Hulu cancelled after one season. That rang on Disney Plus over here and Paper Girls has been cancelled by Prime Video after one season although Legendary Entertainment that make it are planning to try and shop it somewhere else. I don't think that's probably going to land but they are at least attempting to sell it to somebody else. I watched the first few episodes of that. It was fine but just didn't quite grab me as much as I think they were hoping it would. I think they were hoping for a sort of Stranger Things vibe and I don't think it landed unfortunately but based on the comic book, I don't know whether you've read the comic book for that
2: i haven't for that one no
0: i enjoyed the comic book as well i mean it's it's about these group of paper girls that get caught by a bunch of uh aliens that are in the middle of this sort of time war they start off in the 80s and they end up getting sort of pulled through time but uh it, it is interesting and fun but unfortunately i don't think it quite landed properly renewals pretty little liars original sin renewed for second season by HBO max that hasn't landed here yet handmaid's tale returning for a sixth and final season they have announced her fifth season's due out in the autumn other pickups and other news the peripheral now has a premiere date that's coming the 21st of october to prime video this is based on the william gibson novel it's a sci-fi thriller that follows the story of flynn fisher a woman trying to hold together the pieces of her broken family in a forgotten corner of tomorrow's america flynn smart ambitious and doomed she has no future until the future comes calling for her this looks really Really quite interesting. It's from Kilter Films, which is the company that is owned and exact produced by Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan, the people behind Westworld. So they're the people that are are sort of shepherding this as well. Do you know the novel?
2: It's one of the few I haven't read, actually. I've read a lot of William Gibson books, and it's one of the few I haven't read. But I mean, of all the books I have read, which is many, I've loved all of them pretty much. So yeah, I will definitely want to add the book to my reading list. And to check this one out as well
0: yeah 21st of october on prime video that is landing so um it's uh, chloe grace moretz i think he's the lead role in it so that should be one to look out for that's called the peripheral quantum leap the reboot slash continuation series of that there is a trailer out for it we don't have a uk air date for it it's coming in the autumn onto nbc in fact i think it's later this month it lands on nbc so we'll see whether it does get picked up over here i mean it it being NBC... It should really land on Sky, but then we said that about La Brea, and La Brea, for some bizarre reason, ended up on Paramount+. Plus. So, who knows where this will end up, but uh, hopefully somebody picks it up over here. The trailer looks quite good. I mean, it is essentially following the plot of the original of uh, Guy steps into Quantum Leap Accelerator, ends up leaping into bodies of other people, has to solve whatever is going on in their life to be able to leap out and hopefully make the leap home, and he's lost his memory, so he doesn't know exactly who he is or how he got there and all that sort of stuff and there is a female hologram that is connected to him that is trying to guide him through it that's basically the setup but it isn't a complete reboot it is a continuation of the original series so all the old stuff is there as history they are continuing that storyline there's
2: no ziggy (laughs) no um, that
0: was one of my things
2: was just like there's no ziggy even if it was just a touchpad of some sort like
0: i don't know yeah (laughs) i I don't know whether they've they've completely got rid of ziggy or whether it's just not shown up in the trailer or or what but yeah i don't know that was one of the things where i was like (laughs) But where is Ziggy? (laughs) It's it's not even a person
2: and I'm upset at its absence. Um, (laughs) I'm also not entirely sure what I make of the kind of like love interest aspect and kind of making it so front and center as it appears to be in the trailer. I'm just, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I'm... Always kind of a little bit frustrated by that because it's like, well, there's only kind of one way plots like that can go, and I think I would have preferred it to have not have been a love interest or not the love interest as his primary interaction because she's obviously just going to be sad the whole time. Well, yeah, because <laughs> he's forgotten her. Like, I don't know. We'll see. I, I will keep my mind open
0: yeah, for it. The sort of slight snarkiness of Dean Stockwell as Al in the original works so well, yeah. and yeah, I know what you. Mean mean with that
2: he was so kind of i don't know the word lackadaisical comes to mind about the whole (laughs) thing he was just kind of like hey sort yourself out here you go we're gonna do this now i'm hologram whatever you know yeah yeah. and i i really liked that dynamic whereas if like they're both a bit kind of confused and lost and sad like that just i don't Mm. know i i liked that comedy element it worked really really well and I think it kind of signals to me a bit of this continuing trend that we seem to have for comedy things being made serious and serious things being made into comedy that yes. we see with a lot of remakes. We saw it with, isn't it, the Man from Uncle or something? Ended up with like a semi-serious, almost remake. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just like, well, this is supposed to have a lot of humour, and I think that the humour vibe was quite important mm-hmm. because otherwise the show's too heavy. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Again, it's just a short trailer there's not that much in it so i don't want to judge the whole show just based on that but yeah that was kind of my initial reaction was yeah. like well everything's becoming comedy apart from things that are supposed to be comedy
0: yes <laughs> it is that relationship that is going to be very difficult to replace and the fact that it's his wife or girlfriend that is the hologram i mean yeah i'm not sure whether that's a, a great choice but we'll see as i say don't know where it's going to land over here assuming it does land over here because there are some things that don't get picked up but hopefully that will land here at some point. A couple of things moving from Sky Witness across onto Disney Plus as Disney wholesale starts to reclaim all their original shows Grey's Anatomy season 19, Station 19 season six, and 911 season six are all now moving from Sky Witness onto Disney Plus for their next seasons. We don't know when they're going to land, I think. They're hoping to drop them in the autumn, but the new seasons of those will be on Disney Plus rather than Sky Witness in the UK. And they've been steadily doing this with all the Disney made shows. So 911 Alone Star moved, The Resident moved, things that are safe at the moment. The Rookie, because although it's an ABC show in the US, it's actually made by E1. So the deal is with E1, not with Disney. So that should be staying on Sky Witness. There are a couple of others as well that are in a similar situation but i think all the shows that are moving from sky on to Disney+, Plus should have moved by now. I think these were the last three. And uh, I mean, I know it upset a lot of people because there are people that have Sky and don't have Disney+. Plus. And yes, they watched Grey's Anatomy for 18 seasons and now the 19th season won't be available to them unless they get it. So yeah, I get it. Unfortunately, Disney+, Plus is going to be doing that with all its shows as much as possible. It's the same with the FX deal that it had with the BBC when they can that. All the FX shows now go on to Disney+. Plus and uh, just the way it is, unfortunately, It's Disney's own content. They want it on their own service. So there you go. They did surprise drop a couple of things this week. BTS Permission to Dance on Stage LA dropped on Disney Plus Day. That came out of nowhere. They told nowhere they were doing that. So for a BTS fan, um, which I'm sure there are some of you out there that are, that has dropped on Disney Plus for you to watch. The other thing they dropped was NCIS Hawaii, which we've kind of been talking about for a while and like nobody seemed to be airing it. And then out of nowhere on the 7th of September, it just popped up on Disney Plus which is extremely odd because it's a CBS show. So it's not yeah, something I was going to say, that's not what I was expecting there. <laughs> now, they do have a couple of things on there on Disney Plus, which they don't own, like Walking Dead Airs on there, and that's an AMC show. And they do have the main NCIS on there, and that is a CBS show. But the reasons they're on there is because it's a hangover from when they had the Fox UK channel, and they had the licensing deal left over from when they were on Fox UK. So they moved them onto Disney Plus and started hosting them on there. So those sort of made sense, but we weren't expecting them to pick up anything else that wasn't a Disney thing because Disney owns half the networks anyway, so there's no real need for them to buy things in. So it was somewhat surprising that they picked this up, particularly when Paramount Plus, which is CBS owned, or Paramount owned and CBS is Paramount owned, when that launched last month and NCIS Hawaii wasn't on it. So it seems that the CBS shows aren't automatically going to be going to Paramount Plus. They're being sold to the highest bidder. That seems to be what they're doing with it rather than hoarding them for Paramount Plus, which from a monetary point of view for CBS does rather make sense because they get actual cash from selling those shows. And CBS Studios has to show its bottom line to its boss Paramount every year. And one of the ways to do that is to just flog them to the highest bidder, not allow Paramount Plus just to take the content in international markets and dump it on there. So whether it will show up on Paramount Plus at a later date, maybe, I don't know. But it's been odd with Paramount Plus launching because a lot of the CBS content like this and CSI Vegas series got sold to other broadcasters. Whereas you would have thought those would be quite big launch series for Paramount+, and they weren't there.
2: Yeah. Is it really that big of a show? Is is I just thought things like CSI and NCIS were kind of background telly for most people at these points. Like I'm surprised like somebody wanted to be the highest bidder and fought for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I think they may have got this is because of the fact that there is a crossover with the main NCIS show and it's not like Disney is short of the money. So maybe they went, look, we've got the main NCIS. Can we have Hawaii to run with it? Because if it's on two different networks, it's going to upset the UK audience. So maybe that's the reason why they bid for it, but it is odd that those things are being sold and not just going straight onto Paramount plus. Cause as I say, with Disney, all the stuff that was on other networks, they're now reclaiming. So it's just a bit strange that that's not the same situation that they're doing with Paramount plus, but you know, whatever works for them, I guess that's, that's the, uh, where it's going. But yeah. So um, NCIS Hawaii season one is now available on Disney plus UK. Ghost Season 4 has a premiere date that's coming Friday the 23rd of September at 8.30pm on BBC One and iPlayer. I came very late to this show but absolutely fell in love with it. It's wonderfully fun. I should have known it was going to be great because it's from the team behind Horrible Histories and Yonderland. So you know I, I should have realised that this was going to be brilliant but um, I, I really enjoyed this series. It's wonderful.
2: Yeah I've watched a few episodes and then I got distracted by something and kind of forgot it existed so I'm going to have to get back on that now because it was... Was very nice yeah. and just like yeah it was just like funny and sweet and just good if you want something that's light-hearted yeah and uh like a friendly and approachable tv series as opposed to most of the things i normally watch
0: yeah there's no kind of agenda behind it it's just fun entertaining something you can sit on for half an hour and have a real laugh with with i i really enjoyed it it's just easy watching and and very very funny so uh 23rd of september that's coming to bbc one and i play and that's the fourth season of Ghosts. Superman and Lois have cast their new Jonathan Kent. As you might remember a few weeks ago, we said that uh, Jordan Ellis, who was playing Jonathan Kent, basically at the very last minute stepped away from the character and said that he wasn't returning to the show. So they've cast a guy called Michael Bishop into the role of Jonathan Kent. He's probably best known for his American breakthrough as playing Max in the Disney film Spin. He was also in an Australian fantasy drama called Grace side me as well. Don't really know him as an actor at all, but uh, having looked at the picture of the guy, he seems to fit the role quite well. It's just going to be interesting. I don't think they're going to make reference to it. It's literally just going to be a straight swap out for a different actor. The leaving thing, we didn't know exactly what the reasoning was at the time, but it seems to be to do with Jordan Ellis's mental health. There was a camo video that he did for a fan where he was talking about it, and uh, he said, uh, it's sad, it's a real shame. I know we was pumped for season three for sure, but what are you going to do? Anyway, mental health is definitely a 100% priority. It's pinnacle. It's got to take precedent mine has been in the last couple of years. It's been rough. I need some time to myself. I'm debating whether I'm either going to go and act for a while. I may be in a different direction. I know that I'm definitely going to be disappointing some people. That was the comment he made. He had previously posted a, an Instagram thing talking about his mental health and taking it down. So I have to say I have a lot of courage to for stepping away from a role that's that big and not trying to plough through it and going no I need to deal with this. Yeah health
2: always has to come first there's a lot of pressure on people I think more than ever in in sort of the age of content being constantly pumped out across social media across everything else where there's a lot of pressure to just like never miss a day there's a lot of that kind of hustle culture thing Mm -hmm. and uh, it's good to see somebody saying no my health actually is important this is my life no matter how good a job is it's still work and therefore has to be secondary.
0: Yeah, so I hope he manages to find his way to whatever he needs to do to, to get back to a point where he either goes back into acting or whatever else it is he wants to do, but I'm really happy that he didn't just try and plough through it and end up, I mean, we get all sorts of stories, I mean, look at Half the Cast of Glee what happened to many of them, we get all sorts of stories about the pressures of young people in Hollywood and the fact that he's stepped away and gone, no, I'm going to sort this out. He's, he's really Really a testament to him so hopefully he manages to do whatever it is he needs to do and, uh, and comes back somewhere else but that's the new guy it's a guy called Michael Bishop that's taking over that role more DC casting news on Titans. They've cast Titus Welliver as Lex Luthor in season four. He will be coming. He's probably best known for Bosch, the um, Prime Video series. But, I mean, he's been in a million different things. I mean, he was in Lost. He was in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was in Sons of Anarchy, Deadwood, Suits, Good Wife, Last Ship. Uh, he's one of those people that has, like, I know that face from somewhere when he pops up Mm in a TV show. Uh, He also voiced Carmel Falcone in the Batman The Long Halloween animated movies as well. So um, it's not his first time playing a a villain in this. So um, yeah, that's kind of an interesting addition. There is a photo floating around the interwebs of uh, him. Weirdly, they've gone for a huge beard. I mean, he's got the shaved head, but they've gone for a huge beard on Luther, which I thought was a little odd. Okay. But, you know,
2: I mean, I guess that's the only thing that's not been done so far. Um, I can't think of anyone who's played Lex like, Luthor with a huge beard but you know yes. um,
0: why not <laughs> Yeah, I mean I'm not entirely sure the reasoning for that but fine okay maybe there is a is a plot reason for it I don't know it was quite sweet actually there was an interview the showrunner did with EW and he was like yeah you know usually you've got to go through this whole dog and pony show and like try and convince the actor to come and do it and he went on a zoom call with Titus and he kind of couldn't get a word in edgeways and he was like oh, it's really excited about the idea of taking on the role and he was like showing all these Wolfman Perez Titan edition comic books and things (laughs) he's a (laughs) massive comic book nerd so I I thought that was really sweet so it's going to be really fun seeing him uh, pop up in that as well Um, Titan season 4 is due out in November on HBM Max in the US so it's going to be sort of late 2022 early 2023 on Netflix over here that looks like it's going to be quite good he's got a couple of other people in it as well that are new Uh, Joseph Morgan who you'll know from the originals Vampire Diaries is playing Brother Blood they've got Franca Poteni as uh, Mother Mayhem and Lisa Abelantvar I think her name is who is playing Jinx as well so those are the other three characters that they've introduced alongside all the returning Titans cast members and I'm sure you're incredibly excited about this, there is a new Teletubbies series coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) A show that I have no nostalgia for. Yes. Um, I always found the Teletubbies to be quite creepy. My my main memory and knowledge of the Teletubbies is actually... (laughs) when I was working as um, Christmas temp staff in a shop when I was a teenager and having very distraught parents who'd been convinced by marketing that their tiny baby that can't tell the difference between any of the characters or see color needed the, the red poe doll. <laughs> and it was sold out everywhere. And I had these poor, anxious, stressed parents of young babies who clearly hadn't slept in mums yelling at 16 year old me because we were out of stock. And uh, <laughs> Um, it was terrifying and upsetting but also I really just felt for them because like this clearly didn't matter and their baby clearly couldn't tell the difference uh but the fact you know it's the only reason I know which one's which is because I'd be like well, we have these ones and they'd be like we don't need Tinky Winky and I'd be like okay <laughs> you can try the other branch down the road and like, we tried there already they came here and I was like okay uh, so that's my main memory of the teletubbies. Um, yes. but- Yeah.
0: Um, so so for, for parents everywhere and stoners, <laughs> 14th of November on Netflix, it's Netflix that are responsible for this. That is when 26 new episodes, I don't know whether they're all dropping in one go, but 26 new episodes of the Teletubbies are being made. Titus Burgess, who you all probably know from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is narrating it. I think they've also got an additional song segment that's going in as well. So happy parenting. <laughs> You'll yeah, enjoy I,
2: I'm just glad i won't be working in retail the christmas after that comes out that, Absolutely. that's all of it there
0: <laughs> yes if you've got preteens or our stoners then the teletubbies will be back moving on to the other big bits of news this week it was of course star trek day and it was d23 as well so there was a lot of news floating around The Star Trek Day news roundup, uh, there was a lot of trailers and bits and pieces, but there were a few little sort of casting bits and and other things. So there was a trailer for Star Trek Picard Season 3 that also had a premiere date. That's going out on the 16th of February in the US. It's going out on Prime Video still globally because they still have the global rights for it. So 17th of February for that. That's not officially announced, but it's always gone out next day. So I would assume it's going to be the same. So. 16th of February in the US, 17th of February everywhere else. Trailer for this looked quite good. There's a lovely marriage between Riker and Picard where Picard's trying to convince him to go on this mission. Is like, you know, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to put you in danger. <laughs> and Riker just goes, since when? <laughs> <laughs> it looks really good. It's going to have most of the original Next Generation cast back. And I know that there's been mixed reactions to the first two seasons, The third season being that, I rather like the sound of that. And uh, they are back on Federation ships as well, not sort of a ragtag crew flying around the galaxy, which they were previously. But I think this could be a really nice sort of send-off for uh, Picard. Did you watch any of the other seasons of this? I
2: watched season one. I felt like it was very rushed and they had yeah. the plot for, you know, another 10 episodes and then just skipped through it, which was mm-hmm. a little frustrating. I did enjoy it. I just felt it suffered from a runtime shorter than the content they seemed to yeah. want to, to include. Cause a lot of things didn't have enough breathing space. Relationships mm-hmm. didn't get to develop. And it just felt like they'd introduce an idea and need to get rid of it by the end of the episode and yeah. chuck it literally out of an airlock. Um, <laughs> um, and then I'd be like, oh, no, that was a cool idea. Season two, I haven't watched yet. I've been meaning to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, there were so many mixed reviews to it. They it kind of slowly fell down my watch list a little yeah. bit. And I opted to catch up on the MCU instead. And you uh, know, I, I also want to watch through Sandman because I'm a big fan of the Sandman comics. I've yes. only seen one episode of that as well. So yeah, I'll watch it. But it sort of wasn't my priority, which yeah. is a shame
0: because I do really like Card. Yeah, I thought season two was better than season one. I okay. I thought it was it was a better story and got a time travel thing in it, which I, I really quite enjoyed the second season. I thought that was much better and more solidly put together. Sandman, very different to the comic books, but still a very good adaptation. I saw an article headline saying, this is how you do a comic book adaptation, which is nothing like the comic book. But uh, <laughs> I, I thought they did a really good job with that. Very much enjoyed it. It's got a weird aspect ratio to it, which we've talked about before and uh, so it's not your TV. It is a weird aspect ratio. They've shot it in, just you have to deal with it. It becomes easier the more you watch it. You get used to it, but it, it is a little strange. But yes, worth definitely watching Sandman other Star Trek stuff, there was a Season 5 photo and behind the scenes set tour for Discovery. Not much else on that. Uh, Lower Decks, they had a sneak peek of an upcoming episode, but that, of course, is running the current season out on Prime Video. That's still on Prime Video as well. Star Trek Prodigy, they gave a premiere date for Season 1 Part 2, which is coming back on the 27th of October. I haven't actually watched that yet, because it was sort of aimed at a younger audience. Maybe I won't, but it's sounding quite interesting. There's apparently two Jane Wayans in it. So that sounds like it could be quite good fun. I I may go and have to catch up with that and see if it it sort of has a Star Wars Rebels vibe to it, you know, like aimed at a younger audience, but hitting a higher audience, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. And uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, there was a clip which was quite funny of the uh, new season. And um, they've also got some casting news as well. Academy Award nominee Carol Kane is joining the series in the recurring role as Pella, a highly educated and intelligent. And engineering officer that suffers no falls. She solves problems calmly and brusquely thanks to her many years of experience. Uh, She's probably best known for her role in 80s comedy Taxi, which won her two Emmys. She also played Lillian in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So another Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt person popping up as well. Strange New Worlds, have you got to that one yet? Because... That. No,
2: embarrassingly I'm behind on so much telly. Um like yeah, I have I have not seen any of it, which I know is a bit of a shock. I've been away this long and I have not yes. managed to catch up on my shows of spaceships in. But yeah, I need to see it. I've heard good things, but yeah, I'm it is, just so behind.
0: It is brilliant. I would urge you if you're gonna go and pick up one of the shows with spaceships in, that would probably be the one I'd go to. First episode a little bit wobbly, but Once you get onto the second episode, it really finds its feet and it's superb. It's very much the spiritual successor to the original series and it just works so well. It's what, I think people that complain about, you know, Discovery is not really Star Trek. Strange New Worlds very much is. and will add
2: that to the list with watching all of the Orville then as the uh, definitely new Star Trek.
0: <laughs> yes. Interestingly, compared to the Orville, Strange New Worlds is funnier for the final season as well. Okay. The Orville's final season gets a lot more serious, whereas Strange New Worlds has a lot more humour in it. I mean, it's got serious bits in it as well, and it balances it very well. But there are a lot more jokes in Strange New Worlds than there are in the Orville season three i love the orville season three but there are more jokes than stranger wills which is slightly odd given that the orville was supposed to be a parody of star trek the other bit of news that came out was star trek online will wheaton is making his first appearance in star trek online as wesley crusher in the ascension expansion for that uh, i won't go into details of how he shows up because you'd need to know more about the game to be able to do that but uh yes so will wheaton is he's, he's back as Wesley crusher in that So moving off Star Trek and onto Lucasfilm, they had a panel at D23 as well, and uh, they announced not really any new stuff, but there there was sort of bits and pieces that came out of that. There was a premiere date for Tales of the Jedi, which is a six-episode animated short series from Dave Filoni, described as two stories of fate, one destiny. The two halves are represented by Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. It's Dooku in his Jedi years and it's a sort of younger version of Ahsoka and we sort of see how she ends up with the Jedi in the first place. It looks like it's going to be a really interesting set of shorts, very much done in the similar sort of style to the other animated series that they've had on there, but that's got a premiere date Wednesday the 26th of October. That lands on uh, Disney Plus, and uh, I am looking forward to that. It looks like it's going to be really interesting. Good, yeah,
2: definitely. I always like Ahsoka. and the Star Wars like animated stuff has just—it's been consistently good, hasn't yes. it? Really, even when it has some wibbles. Or you had Clone Wars just had too many episodes. There's some filler bits in there, but even so, like it's all very watchable.
0: Absolutely, it is. It's—it's it's been really, really good. Dave Filoni's done an amazing job with that, and uh, you know, so I'm always happy to see him more animation stuff and this is an interesting little sort of additional set of animated shorts Mandalorian there was a little bit about that for season three there was a trailer that went up picks up after the events of the book of Boba Fett because you do sort of need to see the last couple of episodes of the book of Boba Fett for this to make sense of because if you watch the end of the Mandalorian season two where they pick up for this will make no sense (laughs) so you sort of need to watch the book of Boba Fett as well it looks like it's going to be a full-on father-son adventure series with Mando and Grogu zipping around their galaxy in their very sweet new ride, which again, they get from the Book of Boba Fett series. Bo-Katani's back, played by Katie Sackhoff. Giancarlo Esposito is back as Moff Gideon. Amy Serratis is back as uh, Peli, the wonderfully fun engineer. I love that character. She's hilarious. So that's going to be landing in 2023. We don't know exactly when yet, but Mandalorian's a great series. That's well worth watching. The Bad Batch has uh, been moved back because it was due to premiere in the autumn. It's now been moved back to the 4th of January so that was the only bit of news for The Bad Batch. That's for season 2 of that. There was a full trailer that dropped for Willow so that TV series they also brought out Christian Slater because apparently he's now part of the cast. They didn't no, say cool. <laughs> They didn't say uh, exactly who he was playing but they hinted at him being a friend of Mad Martigan and they also gave the premiere date I think we had already but uh, 30th of November that he's dropping. So I, I'm guessing he's covering the sort of Mad Madigan parts because I don't know whether they've managed to get Val Kilmer in to do anything for this because obviously his health is not great at this point. So I, I don't know whether he's appearing at all or what. But um, I wonder if they're using him as a sort of stand-in different character for that role to take over what would have been the Mamatikin role, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think that would make sense. And I think that's probably a a good way to go about it, just to take some pressure off, if nothing else, even if they kind of share some of the the parts of that, just allows it to definitely meet their filming schedules and things whilst Mm. giving us another actor that we've got a lot of nostalgia for, who would be absolutely great in that part. I can absolutely see Mm. that working out. But yeah, I'm looking forward to Willow the original like still scares me slightly in places (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I am a complete wimp I am looking forward to it like the film was one I've watched quite a lot of times Mm -hmm. when I was younger and as a grown up as well still being scared of exactly the same bits and I love the idea of being able to expand that world and expand that story and I, I think it's gonna be good fun
0: it should be really good fun so I'm very much looking forward to that that should be great 30th of November for Willow yeah. <sighs> There was a little bit about Indiana Jones 5. They did actually show, I think, some footage, but they haven't released that online. But Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge were both there who are starring in the movie. And Harrison commented that I'm proud to say that this one is fantastic and it, and this is one of the main reasons, pointing at Waller-Bridge. Indiana Jones movies are about mystery and adventure and they're also about heart. And I'm really, really happy that we have a really human story to tell, as well as a movie that will kick your ass. So he seems very happy with it. Which is is good. Other than that, I think it, it got it's it's out June. I think I think they said next year, but uh, that's Indiana Jones five. As I said, they showed some footage there, but not released it online yet. And there was another little bit of news which wasn't actually part of the panel, but came out around about the same time. They've cast a live action Ezra Bridger for the Ahsoka series, Amanes Fandi, I think his name is, and uh, he has previously starred in the Robert Rodriguez horror movie Red Eleven, and he was in the film King Richard, which was the tennis movie about the William sisters dad. He's going to be taking the role of Ezra in it, and if you remember where we left everybody at the end of the Rebels series, Ezra had disappeared with Admiral Thorne, who had been transported away by a bunch of space whales. which sounds ridiculous, but it worked. <laughs> so that had left Ahsoka and Sabine were going off to try and find him. So it sounds like that's basically the story that we're going to be picking up. It's set five years after Return of the Jedi, I think they said this is. And uh, as well as uh, the characters of Ahsoka and Sabine, we've got Ray Stevenson in there who is playing a villainous admiral, although it's not going to be Thrawn. There's going to be another one. And uh, and Mary Elizabeth Winsed and Ivana Sanko are also set to star, but they're in undisclosed roles at the moment. Hayden Christensen is also supposed to be back as Anakin in Skywalker, although presumably that's either going to be in flashback or as some sort of force ghost given where we are in the timeline <laughs> uh,
2: yeah unless they've gone for some real wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff yes. um, yeah that will be interesting but yeah uh, all recordings is the other option as well yes, those digital like you know help me Obi-Wan you'll be my only hope style recordings as a way of doing expositions quite yeah. common so could be a few different ways they could incorporate him
0: yeah it would be nice to see Ahsoka and Hayden Christensen doing that in live action you know that that would be nice to see on on screen, sort of Anakin and Ahsoka in live action, because we've never actually had the pair of them together before. So I you know, would like to see some little flashback bits of the stuff that they did in clone wars but in live action would be quite fun
2: yeah we'll have to see but i think it's gonna be quite good fun this series and yes. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it because i think sometimes like you know what i'm like with westerns and uh the mandalorian has been a western up until now and um the pacing of it and the kind of shots and stuff is like i like it but i find it a little bit more of a a slog to get through just because of the kind of the nods to the the genre that's inspired yeah, yeah. it whereas I think this will be a bit more fun a bit more fast paced and a bit more colorful
0: yes absolutely those are all the bits from the Lucasfilm panel marvel slightly less stuff with the marvel side uh, a few big trailers that they dropped or a few reasonable size trailers some sort of stuff that they notably didn't drop as well uh, secret invasion got a trailer so that is now up you can find all this on the website that's the event series which is based on the popular comic book event and see Samuel L. Jackson reprises his role as Nick Fury alongside Ben Mendelsohn who plays the Scroll Talos who we first met in Captain Marvel and uh, they were last saw hanging out on a spaceship at the end of Spider-Man at Far From Home. It's also got uh, Colby Smulders in there. Martin Freeman is in there as Everett K. Ross. You've got Don Cheadle as Rhodey. Dermot Moroni is in there. Kingsley Ben Aldeer Olivia Colman, why would you make anything without throwing Olivia Coleman in there? Uh, Amelia Clark, Killia Scott, Christopher McDonald and Carmen Ijogo in there as well. So, yeah, the trailer for this looked quite good. It it seems like Fury is headed back to Earth and people are chasing him and the scrolls are there and after something. That That's sort of basically all you really get from the trailer, but it looks like decent action-packed fun, this one. I am quite looking forward to that. Do you know the Secret Invasion plotline particularly?
2: Yeah, they like a lot of these big crossover, multi-comic book line things like um, Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, lots of secret things that seem to not be that secret because every character knows about them. Yes. It's another huge event piece to do. Like part of me thinks they should go for smaller individual stories for a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know. I feel like all the Marvel movies, as we were saying earlier, rely on you having seen a ton of other Marvel movies. So yeah, I was a bit surprised when they first announced that they were going to go down these kind of routes and um, start involving even more characters and even more crossover stuff. But yeah, it will be fun. It will be good because they they always are fun. Even the bad Marvel movies are still fun. So I've no doubt that I'm going to watch it. But I was just really hoping for more sort of standalone movies like mm-hmm. the Guardians of the Galaxy first movie was Yeah, yeah. and the kind of smaller things like that because you think about like how fun the Ant-Man movies and the first Guardians movie yeah. and and things were. I was hoping for a few more like that.
0: Mm. There is possibly one coming up but before we get to that we've got uh, Werewolf by Night which is a special presentation. It's a one-off special from first-time director and long-time composer Michael Giacchino and he's a sort of proper old school black and white TV horror special. It's it's very much done in that sort of 1960s black and white horror TV special style. Story follows Jack, who tries to protect his family, his small town in Arizona, and himself after becoming the new werewolf by night. 7th of October, they're dropping that. So it's going to be a sort of one-off thing. They're calling it a special presentation. It is like a black and white sort of Halloween-y one-off thing. They're doing for that. And the other thing is thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts movie, which they originally announced back at SDCC, they revealed that that was going to be the closing movie for Phase 5 back at SDCC. And one of the questions that we had at the end of that announcement was, who's the team actually going to be? Because much like the Avengers, the Thunderbolts are made up of a whole bunch of different people and they're interchangeable and, you know, there's been so many people in at one point or another. So they now announced exactly who's going to be in it, it's going to be Florence Pugh as uh, Yelena, who is the new Black Widow. You've got Sebastian Stan back as Bucky, aka the Winter Soldier. David Harbour as Red Guardian is in there. You've got Wyatt Russell back as John Walker, the U.S. agent. Hannah John Carmen as Ghost Taskmaster is in there, and Julia Louis Dreyfus as Valenta Allegra de Fontaine, who I suspect they may be using as the person that put the team together. Seen as we've seen her approach John Walker and we've seen her approach Black Widow as well. So I think in the comic books it's Baron Zemo that puts the team together. And I do wonder if maybe they've switched that up. So it's it's Allegra that's doing it this time round, possibly. Kevin Feige did say it tells you a lot when the winter soldier is the most stable hero of the bunch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting to bring out a group like that after the suicide squad movies over on the DC side of so like Mixed in quality and reception. It's obviously not quite at that level of like the bad guys are the good guys, but they're not a very well known team by kind of the general public no. as well so I was curious when I heard they were making that because I was like uh, okay is anyone going to have even heard of them
0: well the advantage it's got is people know the individual characters yeah. in the most part because they've all been in other bits and pieces we've seen that version of Black Widow obviously we know Bucky, Red Guardian was in the Black Widow movie uh, Falcon Winter Soldier had a US agent in it although he was playing Captain America at that time but we were introduced to that Ghost was in Ant-Man 2 who was it I think that character was in? So we've seen most of these characters in, in other places.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure that some of them are characters like where you're kind of having to think, I think this person was in Ant-Man 2. Yes. kind of tells me that you weren't immediately thinking this person needs to be in a spin-off movie. No, um, but then if it's so a team thing, I, mm, I
0: mean, yeah. you know, I think that's okay. I think I think Red Guardian was a real fun character. I can see, I can stand to see yeah. more. Uh, Yolanda as Black Widow, I think it would be an interesting, that version of Black Widow is worth seeing again. Obviously, Bucky's great, Sebastian Stan's great. And then there are a couple of others that you kind of, well, you know, yeah, whatever. But uh, Valenta Allegra de Fontaine, that character, the moment when she stepped on screen, which she's in the tag end of of the Black Widow film, I think it's the first place we see her, yeah. and she's wonderful in that. And I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus, so that I'm all up for having her in here because I think she's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I think I was surprised it was the final movie and not like a limited TV series or something.
0: Yeah, I mean th- <laughs> they seem to be using it instead of an Avengers movie to close out Phase Five.
2: Yeah, which um, is a
0: an interesting choice. <laughs> yes, I mean Phase Six ends with two avengers films we know that but phase five they've gone with thunderbolts instead and it is sort of like a anti-avengers or an alt avengers kind of setup yeah, I, That's can, I can see it. that so, so that seems to be why they're doing it which is an interesting kind of choice so um that is coming soon and we now know who's in it there is a, a shot of them sort of photoshopped together up on the the website which they released Moving on to Fantastic Four, which we know is upcoming as well. Uh, we all expected a casting announcement for this, and uh, nothing. And Kevin Feige came out saying, we're confirming that Max Champman, who did Vision is the director of it. That's it. There will be another D23 before we give any more information out. So, stuff the lot of you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he didn't say that, but you know, everybody was expecting cast for Fantastic Four, and, and it didn't happen. So. Yeah, which is it's a,
2: a lot of weight kind of on, on the shoulders for this one, because like, Fantastic four movies Historically, yes, um,
0: it'd be mixed. I think. It did
2: not gone very well. I mm. always used to describe it as, you know, one of the more boring things in the Marvel action hour cartoons when I was a kid. Um, it's weird that just the Fantastic Four just—it's like it's slightly cursed whenever somebody tries to make an adaptation of it. Yeah, um, I'm almost surprised they're trying again based on everything that's gone previously. Yeah, um,
0: well, I mean, I didn't mind the first movie that they did. I—that's yeah,
2: I... not a glowing endorsement. I didn't mind
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, at the time, I mean, you're you're sort of pre-all the MCU stuff and I think they did a really solid job given, you know, technology at the time and all that sort of stuff. You know, I think they they did a perfectly decent job with that film. Second one wasn't so great. Then they tried to do that remake thing thing Mm -hmm. which was always a terrible idea it's not actually that bad of a film but it just isn't right the fact that they're now doing it as part of the mcu and it needs to be part of the mcu because they they are Kind of Marvel's first family, so really yeah. needs to be internally part of the MCU and handled properly. So, well, I yeah. mean, their their first inclusion was just to briefly
2: include Mister Fantastic in an alternate universe for the Multiverse yes. of Madness, and then take him to pieces. Yeah. So, I i mean, <laughs>
0: yes. So, I mean, we'll we'll see whether I mean whether john Krasinski ends up getting announced again for this, or or whether they cast somebody else entirely. Because uh, that at the time was just a one-off thing. But you who knows? We'll we'll see. But Matt Shankman, I think he's great. I mean, WandaVision was amazing. So so that's a good director that they've got in there. Over onto Loki season two, we have a new cast member, Aki Hu Huan. He's joining the cast, who I think probably best known for his work as a child actor in The Goonies and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He made a bit of a comeback earlier this year with Everything Everywhere all at once, which I still haven't seen, but everybody tells me he's brilliant. He came out on stage with Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson and Sophie DiMartino, who are all back for the uh, new season as well. He did come out on stage and go, I'm confused right now is this not the indiana jones funnel <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny, and there's a really cute picture of him and uh, Harrison Ford hugging as well later on, which I thought was lovely. But um, yeah, so he he's going to be joining the cast as one of the agents, I think. Uh, the uh, I what it's called, the time bureau place thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am so looking forward to that series. It looks brilliant.
2: Yeah. Well, obviously, I uh, had to get Disney Plus specifically to to watch that series. I'm highly biased, and I uh, can't make any kind of you know <laughs> proper yes. review. I think cover of, uh, of the series because i just enjoyed it and um now i also am doubly a fan of crocodiles and i want to spin off with just like crocodile slash alligator <laughs> loki whichever one that was because i i thought they really did that kind of mix of stuff really really yeah. well yeah um, it's great that one division
0: that that one division i think have been the two best things they've they've made in terms of the tv stuff so far
2: yeah i think one division is the best made one for me because I felt like the kind of two different worlds and showing the the kind of using of the aspect ratios and the color mm-hmm. and the style yeah. of filming to lead you through everything that was going on was just so cleverly done. Yeah. Um, it was such an intelligent piece of TV and I was just absolutely like gripped to yeah. to finding out what was going to to happen next with it so yeah
0: yeah it was really really good that series and the the attention to detail too it was just wonderful Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. they did show a trailer of that that's again not been released online uh, Paul Rudd Evangeline Lee and Jonathan Majors were in there so uh, Jonathan Majors playing Kang and they did say that it has quite a direct link into the Kang Dynasty which is one of the last two movies of Phase 6 nothing more about it than that other than Kang is going to be in there and uh, Captain America New World Order they've said uh, Shira has and Tim Blake Nelson are joining Anthony Mackie in the first outing on his big screen as Captain America. Haas is playing Sabra, while Nelson is playing the leader in that. So that was the, just the casting bits and pieces for that. So there wasn't a huge amount of some new stuff that came out of that Marvel panel. There was a number of people I looked at going, "Yeah, kind of disappointed. I think we were hoping probably, I think what everybody was expecting was a Fantastic Four announcement, but nothing. Plus, there are a lot of gaps in the Phase Six at the moment, which we said before is a bit weird. We're maybe expecting a little bit more to be announced for that, but nothing yet. Anything particularly looking forward to for the Marvel stuff? Um, I, I mostly, mostly the Loki <laughs> series. <to laughs> be How predictable! I, I, I
2: wanted, yeah, I, I'm predictable. I'm not even going to pretend anything else. Uh, I do also have quite a soft spot for the Ant Man movies. Yes, I like the way they're just kind of those slightly smaller. You know, like the first one's just a heist movie. I do quite like those i think they're quite rewatchable and quite likable and uh, i think it's quite nice to have the smaller plot lines because everything's so big and so not just multi-character but multiverse and things at this point point. and um i think it's nice to bring it back down to to something slightly smaller again Because I think as well, we need more sort of entry points for new people into the MCU as well. I think Mm -hmm. we need more films that could be someone's first film or first series. And uh, I think the Ant-Man ones sometimes can be good ones
0: for that. Yes, absolutely. Loki, I'm definitely looking forward to. Thunderbolts, I think, could be quite good as well. And uh, the trailer for Secret Invasion looked good. So there's some good stuff in there. We'll see when it all gets released. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just time for some highlights for next week on TV. (laughs) Bye highlights for next week on TV and I will just say these come with the caveat that they are correct at the moment but things are being moved around quite a lot obviously with the funeral organisation and all that sort of stuff for the Queen so these are correct right now but Minx Season 1 coming to Paramount Plus that's on the 14th of September that's set in the 70s a young feminist played by Ophelia Lovibond from Los Angeles joined forces with a low rent publisher to create the first women's erotic magazine so uh, that could be quite good fun Never mind the Boscox, that lands for the second season on the 14th of September at 9pm. And That returns All Creatures, Great and small, season three. That lands on the 15th of September on Channel 5. That's at 9pm as well. Professor T returns for a second season on the 16th of September. That's the Ben Miller series crime drama. That's on the 16th of September on ITV at 9pm. The Grand Tour is back with a Scandi flick. That's on Amazon Prime. That's another special. That's on this, 16th of september fate the wink saga that returns for season two that's on the 16th of september on netflix vampire academy which is a new vampire series from julie pleck who did the vampire diaries but it's not any way related to the vampire diaries stuff that's coming to peacock on the 16th of september Bloodlands is due to land on the 18th of September at 9pm. That's on BBC One. Again, that is one that maybe gets pushed back. We'll have to wait and see. And Harlequin Season 3, that's already been pushed back a week. That may get pushed again, but that is on the 18th of September at 10.30. That is Season 3 of Harlequin on E4. As I said, right at the moment, but don't be surprised, particularly if some of the topical comedy stuff gets moved around. And um, especially, I think the funeral is due to be on the 19th, so it's quite possible anything going out on the 19th might get pushed as well. But we'll wait and see. That's all the stuff coming up for next week on TV. Bex, if they want to find you, where can they find you?
2: If they would like to pop by for some nostalgia and nonsense and uh, general chaos has been going on, on the stream recently, um, they can do so at Trista Bites, which is... T-R-I-S-T-A-B-Y-T-E-S because I I thought I'd call my name a funny pun which then makes it very difficult to explain on podcasts (laughs) but I'm on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as well now and I stream full time on Twitch Uh, plus I do a bunch of interviews that go up on uh, my YouTube channel as well.
0: Does being in TikTok take like 10 years off your age? (laughs) I'm going to go with yes because why not? (laughs) (laughs) I I swear I'm just, I I don't understand TikTok at all. I'm so Sorry, I'm too old.
2: (laughs) We're about the same age, but nevertheless, (laughs) sure, why not? Since I'm apparently now 10 years younger.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, For other people involved in the show, you can go and find Matt on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts. He's got various things going out at the moment, uh, Man U football stuff, and uh, I know he's been doing reviews of movies and bits and pieces. So go and check Matt out on entertainmenttalk.org. And you can check Daryl out on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those tv shows that you love which are shot in canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown that is everything we shall see you next week Bye-bye. Bye bye